We're talking about creating the next generation of life. We wanted to do it right. We said, if we don't do this, we'll suffer knowing that we have this opportunity to really make a huge difference. In life, the biggest risks really always lead to the biggest rewards. Welcome to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast, the place where we get clear on our goals, own our worth, and learn to be the CEOs of our own lives. I'm your host, Crystal Ware, lawyer and former Fortune 500 corporate leader who found the confidence to say goodbye to a lucrative career and start my own business. Now I'm opening up the playbook and sharing everything I've learned to get you there faster. It may not be easy, but it will always be worth it because you are made for more. So put on your big girl pants, jump on board, and let's reach for the stars. Are you ready to get clear? Today, we have two killer guests on the podcast. Truly, I am so blessed to have gotten to know these two ladies over the past couple of months and really thrilled that they were able to find time to come on and share their experience and their wisdom with us. Welcome to the show, Tiffany Lewis and Rika Dejali. I practiced that. I hope I got it right-ish, kind of. Close. <laughs> Dejali. Dejali, but close. Dejali. I pronounced the J too much and I listened to it online. And I was like, oh, I'm going to hit this. <laughs> they are the founders and genius behind a new technology app that is poised to change the dynamics of family planning for everyone out there struggling to conceive called all kind. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Before we hear all about All Kind, I want to hear just a little bit about your background and how you met. Tiffany and I initially met when we were both working at a fertility center. We were both executives there. I was director of business development. She was the executive marketing director. And when we met, we really both, it was an instant connection because we both had such passion for the field. It's one of those fields in fertility where you get to see the impact that you make on people's lives on a daily basis. And it sort of just consumes you and it's hard to walk away from this field. So once you get initiated to the fertility field, it's it's hard to leave. And, and we that's where really our passion started. And further down the road a bit, I went through the process of becoming an egg donor myself, sort of, you know, not only just having the experience on the business side, but wanting to make an impact in an even more meaningful way by going through the donor process. And it was, it was a difficult process for me. I remember not having very much information and not being communicated with very clearly and just thinking, I wish there was a way to support the people who are giving so much of their time and their life and their bodies through egg donation, sperm donation, and surrogacy, I wish there was a way to support them more. So that's sort of the when Tiffany and I initially decided to go off on our own and do something completely different than what was being done in the field and start all kind. But Tiffany, if you want to share your background too and how we met. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as Rekha mentioned, we had met at the fertility center. Uh, my journey even getting there is a little bit interesting. Um, and what had happened is I actually was interested in learning more about freezing my eggs. I kind of had hit that point in life where I really was more focused on my career, but I knew that that clock was ticking and that was pretty much all I had really 
thought about um, in regards to reproductive health care space at all at that time. Um, I have a background working in marketing and sales within healthcare, but fertility was new. So I made an appointment uh, to go learn about freezing my eggs and in doing so actually ended up getting the executive marketing director position at the fertility center. And that is when I first met Rika and this journey, it just felt very serendipitous from the start um, that our paths were meant to cross. And as she mentioned, it just, it really pulled me in. And after kind of seeing behind the scenes of what was going on in the fertility field, it was alarming. Um, And Rika had, her whole professional career has actually been within the fertility field. So right away, we just had this connection, as she mentioned. And so I kind of came to her a lot asking and about all these different things that just didn't seem really uh, like they had evolved very much as much so as the technology has for reproductive uh, technology that's being used in order to create families. But as far as the care side went, there just seemed to be a lot of things that were not coming together or had modernized over the years. And so um, it just ended up being a call to action when you see behind the scenes of what's going on there. And that led us on a journey. And it's been over a year that we quit our jobs at the center and went all in with all kind and uh, learned a lot for sure to get to this point that we are today. Wow, that is so amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the aha moment? Like, how did the conversation develop to say, we see some issues. We think that there is a market for something new. How did you come up with the idea? And then we want to hear kind of the pitch. Like, what exactly is your company doing? As I mentioned, I was the executive marketing director at the clinic. And so um, my role there and the success of my role there was determined on how many uh, new parents we could get to come into the fertility center because they're coming in. And those are the services really that they specialize in offering is is helping people who are struggling um, to conceive, to be able to accomplish their dreams of, of creating a family. Um, But what was happening is uh, many of these people that were coming in were in need of a donor or a surrogate in order to create their family. And there really wasn't the resources or the time that was being put into helping reach out to that, uh, to those individuals, the people who were going to go down this path of becoming a surrogate or a donor. And then more and more parents with infertility rates continuing to increase and the stigma kind of really shifting in a good way with with public perception of surrogacy and donation in order to create a family. Um, The list of parents that were in need of these services just continued to grow and it wasn't being supplemented on the other side of that with the individuals available to participate and move people forward in this family building journey. And um, we just decided to kind of take that upon ourselves to say, we think that there is going to be a lot more interest uh, out there than what we're recognizing. But right, if you want to kind of talk about what we did at that point and sort of the real aha moment. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, that's, that's when really Tiffany and I, we, that's when she said we quit our jobs and we went all in with all kind. And we decided to go to social media and connect with these young men and women who were potentially interested in the benefits of surrogacy egg donation and sperm donation. And what we did is we changed our approach. We made the donors and surrogates the heroes of the story. We prioritized them and we had a a system where now we're 
for these donors and surrogates. And so the what ended up happening was incredibly overwhelming when we had hundreds of thousands of people. And up to this week now, millions of people, our, our videos are reaching about 10 million visitors on our pages now and views. And so what happened was we had an influx of in interested candidates Finally, a place where we can bring together the fertility specialists at a time in the process where their services are needed so they can jump past the recruiting process and go directly into the medical portion of the process. And now we can bring donors and surrogates and aspiring parents and the fertility specialists all on one centralized platform for all of their matching needs. And we were able to do that because we focused on the donors and surrogates. And by doing that, we created now a better process for not only the industry, but the parents as well. So it was really overwhelming for us. We ended up crashing the servers that were hosting our, our applications and we had a, a few angry wow. calls. <laughs> yes. And so we learned very quickly um, that when you prioritize the people who are playing such a big role in this process, the outcomes not only benefit the individuals that are participating, but the parents and the fertility specialists in the industry as a whole. So it's been this snowball effect of, of being welcomed into the industry and, and we're just so thankful for this opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but were, where were you guys sourcing and trying to find um, candidates to work with the families in need uh, prior to coming up with this idea? Because I know you said that was one of the big struggles. It's like, how can we find people? Where are there people interested and qualified to do this? Um, and you guys were reaching out to people. Um, and how were you finding them before uh, all kind kind of came to fruition? What we're doing is we knew where to find these people who would be amazing candidates for egg donation and surrogacy. And we found them on going to social media, really focusing on where would they be at and, and how can we keep ourselves extremely authentic with our messaging and resonate with this population. And, and that's where we had um, immense success. When it came to um, the way it was currently being done in the clinics, it really was like these medical professionals that were trying to put on recruiter hats and and there was just like this lack of understanding or relating to the serious and donors um because it just like they were two very different populations so they were really great at understanding how to communicate with the parents um and messaging that was resonating there but when it came to the donors and surrogates it was just like random maybe putting up an ad or spending some money on advertising but it was super geographic so it was it would vary and it does vary right now for these clinics that are struggling in order to recruit is they'll potentially put up one ad on their social platform or they'll go online and just like put some google spend or you know some other sites that really like are are kind of surprising as well but um it's just not resonating. It's not authentic. There's blanket marketing going on where you're trying to talk to way too many people at the same time for it to work. And so that's why we've seen that across the board, clinics are now faced with like 400 parents to only one available surrogate. And it's just, it's very fragmented and based on geographic location. But that's why we're excited to be centralizing it and, and bringing this amazing diverse group of people that we're able to resonate with through mostly social media. 
Wow. So what I'm hearing is that before you guys had this amazing genius idea, there was not truly any kind of centralized location for people that were interested in possibly being a donor, a donor surrogate. There was nowhere for parents to go see that um, where people had voluntarily showed up to offer those services. Is that correct? That is. Yeah, I'll hand it back over to you. But the geographic location and fragmentation makes it very, very hard to give everybody the best opportunity to match. But Riker, go ahead and... uh... Wow. I mean, that's just really, really surprising to know in this day and age, right? That like with all the technology out there, all the um, different kind of matching uh, opportunities that are out there for every different group of people you could think of, that there wasn't one. Um, So what kudos to you guys for seeing the gap in the market and where there was such a need. I mean, that is really, really fascinating. Um, So I think everybody on here listening would love to know and understand, you know, it's one thing to have an idea. It's one thing to see, you know, I really have a passion for following this track, but you know, I can't get past ripping off the Band-Aid, quitting my job, doing something totally different. Do I have the courage? Do I have the skill? Do I have the confidence to move forward? So how did you guys find the courage to literally go all in on your vision? That is such a great question. I I will say the journey for me as, as a young woman and even as a young girl, I always looked at shows like Shark Tank and um, shows like that and really saw myself as at one day, I really wish that I could be someone that's on Shark Tank and has an idea that's so grand and so exciting that I could be pitching it to Shark Tank. And um, I just never knew what it would be. And that's that was always my dream though, is 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 one day having an idea that would change an industry or work on things like that. But when Tiffany and I met this, this idea, it sort of fell into our lap. And I think a lot of times in life, you get opportunities that come your way. And if you don't take them, it'll go right by you. And so that was the moment where we both sort of looked at each other and there's a longer story there too, which we can talk about, but it, we sort of had this moment where we said, if we don't do this, um, not only will the industry continue to suffer, but we'll suffer knowing that we have this opportunity to really make a huge difference. And it's going to take taking a huge risk, but in life, the biggest risks really always lead to the biggest reward. So that was sort of unwavering belief in what we are doing and how it will impact this world and this community who is so deserving of this. And and thank goodness a year later, we can say that that risk really was worth it and it paid off. Absolutely. It's, I mean, you guys are moving forward and it's so amazing to see what's going on. And I think um, the launch is coming soon. And I know I, I'm just waiting. I'm just so excited to see what will happen. But one of the things we've also been talking about on the show is what happens when your vision doesn't resonate with other people. So I'm curious to know, like, this is really outside the box. It's not like you were changing industries. It's not like you were going for another job or taking a sabbatical. I mean, you were really going all in on a startup. So how were the people closest to you? What were the reactions? I mean, did you have any kind of 
negative reactions? And if so, how did you move past that and find, you know, how were you able to look internal to find the self-confidence and the belief? Um, That's always something interesting that we talk about as well. Uh, I'll jump in here first. Uh, Yeah, so it definitely was... um, shocking i think to to our families and our close friends we we had a comfortable life that we had built we had good jobs um we're, we're making you know a good a good living and we were taking this this very big risk and it and there wasn't a playbook either we're trying to really change an industry and going up against this is like a multi-billion dollar industry and we're first time female founders going out to accomplish a very, very big vision. So I think that the people around us were um, nervous for for what we were about to embark upon. Um, but really, as as they saw that we had such a passion for what we were doing, and, and as Frank mentioned, this unwavering belief in what we were set out to accomplish, I think it was contagious. And so because we kept ourselves with that vision and and we had each other to rely upon a lot too in those moments where things did feel extremely hard or you know we we were thinking it was going to go one way and you know the path took us a different direction leaning on each other and being strong for one another when when things were hard was a huge help and and I think that um, as we got through some of those t- challenging times and didn't throw in the towel, didn't quit, didn't didn't pack it up, um, it became contagious to the people around us. And we've seen their excitement grow in time too, realizing that like, okay, I think you guys are meant to do this and, and we're getting more support and just encouragement as we continue facing the next the next phase of this, which is going live and launching, which is an exciting, but you know, um, they're racking time too. We've been building something for a year. So we're excited though to be getting the people around us who are kind of uplifting us on this journey. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and it takes a lot of strength. Um, and that's what people probably don't realize that you get all excited. You are so pumped up and you just know, you just know that what you're doing is the right thing. It's your purpose. It's your passion. And then you tell those around you and it's kind of like, wah, wah, wah. You don't get the same, like you want a mirror image, right? But people don't always understand what they cannot see and feel and touch. And like you said, you're creating something from scratch. Not everybody is going to have that imagination to pull from. And what I always mentor people on is that you really have to look within yourselves or just don't talk to people about it because not everybody is going to get it. And sometimes it can be hard not to be dissuaded. I mean, people have your best interest at heart. You know, they know the hard track that you're going to be on. They know that it's going to be a climb. Um, And, you know, they want to protect you. And so I think a lot of that comes from a good place, but it can hold you back. So again, big props to you guys um, for just going for it and um, knowing that you have each other because sometimes that's, that's the thing is, you know, solopreneurs... Um, or other solo founders, they don't have that built-in camaraderie. Uh, and so you then you got to really find your person, but you guys have that built-in. So it's nice to have that balance. When somebody's feeling down, the other one can be the cheerleader and vice versa. 
Um, so I, I just love seeing that and how you guys come together and work together. It's like such a beautiful balance. It's amazing. So what do you think with a startup? I mean, because guys, this is truly a startup. They had to find tech. They had to do everything. It is a startup. What do you think has been the hardest part that you guys have experienced so far? I think there's been a lot of hard parts, to be honest, I will say. Um, I The hardest part has been uh, what we just talked about is not the idea because the idea works, the the process works, the tech, it came, right? Like all the things that we needed eventually will come to you. But the the hardest part is is that undeniable belief and and being comfortable with hearing the word no that has been the the most challenging part and i think one of the things that we have really gotten comfortable with over the past year and and bleeding into this year is is learning that what's for you will not pass you and what passes you is not for you. And that has been one of the biggest life lessons that we've learned because it is it is so hard, like you said, to get your hopes up and to really feel like, okay, we finally found the right investor. We finally made a huge milestone on our tech and, and we finally got 10 million views on a TikTok video that brought in 20,000 people. But then, then there's a there's a, another hill that you have to climb up and there's another door that you didn't see that you have to plow through now. And so as, as a founder, it's just learning that when things don't work and when doors slam in your face, it's, it's meant to happen and see those as signs that that was not for you instead of taking it personally and taking it as rejection. Now, Tiffany and I, the way that we look when someone says no to us, we're like, whoa, thank goodness. Thank goodness. They said no right away. Now let's pivot and let's go find our yes. And so it's, it's a lot easier said than done. And it was a year of loneliness and feeling challenged. And when I was down, Tiffany had to really pump me back up and vice versa. You know, when she had her moments where she's like, oh my gosh, is this going to work? And then, you know, I stepped in. And so it's, it was, it's been a year of learning, but I think the the most challenging has been to learn how to love the word no and, and take it on the chin and, and move forward. And so that's been something that we've really learn how to do. And now when we hear no, it's, it's, it's almost, it's better for us, you know, like tell us no right away and and let us go to the right direction. And so, um, that, that was sort of my, my take Tiffany, if you have something too. Yeah. I think that, that, that really does sum it up well, though. Um, it has been a challenge. This is all new. And so I think part of just kind of piggybacking on what Rika said is um, we believed from the get-go that this was something that was so important and this was a an idea that was going to help better an industry. And this is something that is so important. We're talking about creating the next generation of life. And we just, we wanted to do it right and make sure that people had opportunity and access and transparency and the ability to to put the power in their own hands. But something that I think we lacked when we started this was confidence in ourselves and our ability to be able to do everything that needed to be done um, in order to bring it all to life. So I think starting out, we were looking, feeling like we needed to have a certain investors or we needed to have 
certain people that could help us with the tech and, and legal team and all these things. And through the process, recognizing our own strength and our own ability um, and our own resilience and grit to get things done and, and knowing that we have what it takes to accomplish this. Like we have what it takes and um, that no matter what obstacle it comes in our way that we'll be able to solve it and get through it and learn from it and grow. But really the confidence in ourselves and our abilities has developed a lot over this past year. And, and I do think that we are so fortunate that we have each other because that has been the sounding board where we're able to keep each other in check and we can rely on one another that, and that's helped us get more confidence within ourselves too, because we have somebody that we trust on this same path and, um, kind of self-discovery that keeps each other in line and also like can step up and, and pull from our own individual strengths to be able to really guide the ship forward. Yeah. And I, I would like to circle back to several points that you guys have made. Um, one, I don't think we can say this loud enough for everybody to understand and really take it in. It's so hard. It's so hard, but so important. Learn to love the word no, because it does not matter where you are in life. If you are hustling, if you are working, if you're trying to do a, something different and disrupt or make a change, or if you're just coming out of school and looking for like the best fitting job for you, you are going to go on a lot of interviews. You're going to talk to a lot of people you are going to try to sell so many people on yourself, on your service, on your product, whatever it may be. And there's going to be a lot of no's. If you can't withstand that, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's a very common thing from people who are successful. They had no's and they had to keep going. So if that's your takeaway from today, that is a huge one. Um, nothing great comes without a few no's for the most part. And then, you know, aligning yourself with the right people, as Tiffany mentioned, is so important. I mean, you guys have each other and that is a huge blessing and sounding board. But if you don't have somebody, align yourself with others who will listen, who will give sound advice, who will be, you know, a mirror to you, um, give you advice, mentor you, whatever it is that you need. Because there are a lot of decisions to be made in business there are a lot of decisions to be made in your life if you're trying to grow and change and elevate yourself. Um, so I think those are such amazing takeaways. Um, and the journey isn't going to be perfect. And it's going to have challenges. It's going to have peaks and valleys, um, but it will always be worth it. So thank you for all of that great information. Another thing that you touched upon with the nose is fundraising. So how have you guys felt fundraising? Because I know you've been working on that initiative for the last few months. What has been your biggest takeaway on fundraising? Do you feel like there is a different feel or sense or whatever you want to call it um, for being two female founders going in for fundraising uh, and whatever you have to share with other people out there that may be thinking about starting up um, or, you know, are looking to acquire um, some investors for, you know, a real asset like real estate. This can apply, also apply to that. But what has been your takeaway and experience? 
I, I will start this and then pass it over to Tiffany because we both feel very strongly about this and, and experiencing this. We definitely have some opinions, but um, all in all, I will say it's been an incredible experience. It is it is shaped us. It has helped us grow into stronger, more thicker shelled people because we did go through the process of hearing no a lot. And but what 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 I will say is I don't want to discourage any of the women out there who are wanting to go out and fundraise. There are I think last time we checked, there was a statistic that there's only 2% of the amount of money that's going to only fully female founded companies. So, I mean, that is, that is a really low statistic. And, and I want to encourage more women to go out and, and present their ideas and have confidence in what you're doing, because there are a lot of people who are wanting to invest. And so, um, but that's, that's what I, I don't want to be discouraging, but it is, it is a little bit more difficult. I will say there's, um, there's this sense of, of sort of having to not only prove your idea, but also prove yourself in, in a lot of these conversations. And I know that that's sort of universal for both men and women that are fundraising, but I think it's even more for women. So some of the questions that we get asked is, you know, maybe more like risk management questions instead of asking us questions about growth and of opportunity, where I think more men get asked questions about what's the size of the market? What's the opportunity? And I think for women, we get asked, well, what, what, what will you do if, if this happens or what, what are your biggest challenges? And, and so, um, I think just learning how to sort of change the question around. So even if we do get asked a, a question that's more towards, you know, the risk versus the opportunity, um, we, we've been able to really manage how to switch the question and, and turn it into an opportunity answer. And so I think that's been the difference of, of what we've learned and how we've been able to successfully fundraise. At this point, we are almost close with our round. So we are getting very close to those final stages and we have people who believed in us and our idea and been able to, to create a, a really strong team around us. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of my, my view on, on going out and fundraising. Uh, I, I'll jump into and kind of share a little bit more about our experience. Um, starting out because we we were so excited about kind of what we had found and and that there is this big interest and the idea. Um, we initially kind of sought out some people that were within the startup community uh, connections that we had and just like literally going on LinkedIn and messaging people and trying to just get some time to get some guidance very, very, very early on. And there was a lot of excitement about what we were setting out to go create. And so I think we had a confidence about us when we went out and started scheduling meetings. And we were very ambitious. I will say we were getting meetings at a time that looking back, it's like, wow, we were very brave because we were not at a stage where we should probably have been getting in front of some of these VC firms yet. We were so new, um, but we just jumped in with this fearlessness of like the worst thing that they can do is say no. So let's get in front of people and and get some feedback. Um, and, and the process though did take a lot longer than we had anticipated. I think there was from the get-go, a lot of interest. And so we figured that that means that they would want to get involved. And so I guess I would just say, be patient um, when you're starting things. Nothing is going to go as fast as you want it to. 
And because that this fundraising journey has taken as long as it has, it really has pushed us to grow. And now I know that when we're getting this funding that we're going to be able to maximize on it. We're, we have learned a lot of these mistakes and um, kind of the growing pains while it while on a path that, that gave us very little funds to mess with. So at least when we made those mistakes, that we were able to learn and and pivot and kind of shift our ideas or how we were marketing or whatnot. Um, and so now that when we're going to have the funds backing us, we're going to really make the absolute most of them. Um, but be patient and the right investors, the right people will come in and understand the vision and get involved and, and just don't rush the process because this is a, you're jumping into a long-term relationship. So it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of vet the people that are going to be on that journey with you. Yeah. And I can agree more. You know, you want the right people. I mean, at some point you need money. I mean, businesses need money. So yeah. that's a fact, but you want the right people on your side um, that are going to be supporting and acting, asking supportive questions along the way and not critical questions um, that make you concerned about what is the long-term viability of this relationship. Uh, but I think what you guys did in being so bold and brave, like you said, Tiffany, and just going out there, it's so important for people, especially women, to just know, look, people are not sitting around just waiting for you to come across them. If you want to talk to somebody, you need to make it happen. So I love that you used LinkedIn to just go after it, find people, target people that you may have an interest in and knowing. I mean, if you are truly passionate about what you're trying to achieve, you have to be bold. You have to be brave. The world does not reward the meek person. Okay. The meek person is just sitting at home with their idea, waiting for somebody to come and gift them a million dollars to start their business. That's just not the way it works. So good for you. I mean, hey, it may not have been the perfect time. You may not have had all your things in order to be talking to all the people, but you live and learn and that is how you get better. Um, and I think you, you guys have seen that, that they're already in this short 12 or 15 month period been such an evolution and what you are able to do, what you feel capable of doing. Um, and that's, you know, you get experience by doing, not by sitting around reading books on how to do it. Um, so I, you know, I think that's the hardest thing is for people to just jump out there and start. So that's why I always like to ask people, you know, our early on question, how did you find the courage to do it? Because that's where people get trapped at the starting line, um, just not able to progress this idea. Uh, so I'm so happy to see where you guys are. Now, I know one of the other things that, you know, is a challenging for type A women and founders of a tech company. How are you guys handling and prioritizing work-life balance? That is such a great question. <laughs> um, I I will say we are not doing it well at the time being. <laughs> it's been um, very much work first and then life. Um, but we 
I think are just sort of putting all of our eggs in this basket and, and, and we're putting all of our effort and our love and our time into this because every day that we put more energy towards all kind and creating this, we're starting to see the fruits of our labor and we're starting to, you know, match families with donors and surrogates and seeing the impact that it's making. So like I said before, it's it's very hard to leave a clinic and, and, a, and an agency environment. And it's even more difficult to leave your own company when you're working within the fertility space. You just want to continue growing and, and helping people. So do you think it's been easier for you to really, you know, keep going because of your level of excitement and passion and um, purpose that you feel with uh, your company? Oh, 100%. Um, it definitely helps fuel us and and kind of keeps us energized and, and having the ability to be pulling all-nighters when necessary or just doing whatever it takes because we are so excited about what we're what we're set out to do and definitely the impact we're making and the conversations that we're having with the individuals that are applying to our program and seeing how it's having a positive impact on their life. That just, when you are having one of those days where you're extra tired and you've been pushing forward to like reach a milestone and then you hear from one of the surrogates that has come through all kind and you see this beautiful message about how things are going for her and the support that she's getting on the journey or how she's so happy to have met us and to be able to have the support that she needs. Like these little things definitely keep us going every single day, but there is definitely not a balance right now. I would say we joke even that all kind of our personality at this point, because (laughs) um, that's all that we are doing pretty much day in and day out. It's, it's been about all kind. It's been our baby. And we joke about that considering the field that we're in, but we're like, we're building our baby (laughs) and, and it's a labor of love, but it is so important. And the impact is so substantial that it really doesn't get tired. We're just excited to be seeing the progress come together. Well, Tiffany, I would be interested to know, I know Rika, you know, you had these visions of Shark Tank and what is it that you're going to create? But Tiffany, did you, you know, see yourself as an entrepreneur when you were younger or in your early career? I did. I um, was kind of an independent kid. I am the oldest of three girls, actually, and even would just like do little things with them where we would do the lemonade stand or, or even a funny story is I was a girl scout and, um, we would do cookie sales and stuff. And when it was cookie, when it was time to go out and sell, it was like my goal every single year. I wanted to have the highest cookie sales and just, I enjoyed the, the business side of things. And I do have my grandfather actually was an entrepreneur um, himself. And so I was inspired by that. He really is someone that I've looked up to. And, and so I did know that I wanted to go down that road, but similar to Rika, I did not really know where to begin. So I think that that is something that prior to discovering what my path was, was challenging. Cause I, I did feel a little bit lost at times, but it was through really focusing on 
I just want to try to be like the best version of myself and put 100% into whatever it is I'm doing and just like kind of staying open and, and seeing where life would take me. And then it just so happened that I was interested in freezing my eggs and then met Raika and it just clicked. So I just think, you know, when you try to be the best version of yourself and focus on, on what you can, um, with whatever your environment is and stay positive that you'll be led to what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what, you know, having the right environment and the right people around you can like really lead to such, you know, excitement and, you know, true path and calling forward. Um, so that's amazing. So, you know, for people out there that are listening and are feeling stuck or unhappy or unfulfilled, unsatisfied with where their life is and want to splash out and do something different, what advice would you give them? Gosh, I I think um, I can really jump in here. I will say it it's it's sort of um, exciting and, and the rainbows and everything now. But if you were to look at at sort of the place that we were both at a year and a half ago in our lives, I'll speak for myself first. But um, I it was definitely feeling stuck. I was I was in a moment where. And, and I'll get a little personal, but I think that's the way that you learn from other people's mistakes. But I, I was in a place where about a year and a half ago, where my life was not at where I wanted it to be. I was in a relationship that I thought, you know, this was, this was the one, this was, everything was sort of going in that path. And I was so set in my core that this was the right relationship for me. And that ended up the relationship didn't work out. And the way that I found out was with him, you know, being with my best friend of 15 years. And so talk about being at your lowest point of your life, not only losing the person that you thought was the love of your life and you were going to live with them and be with them forever, but then losing your best friend of 15 years all in one sweep. And it was, it was dark and I felt like the world was sort of crumbling around me. And we have this nickname for Tiffany and we call her Moonbeam because, and, and it was in that moment that it clicked, but I had really only met Tiffany weeks before that point of my life. So we had just met and it was, it was, everything was falling apart. And I, I looked at her and she's like, you have you have two options here. You can, um, and I don't know if you even remember this conversation, but you were, you looked at me and you're like, we can go and we can slash their tires or, or for once in your life, put you first. And for once in your life, do something for you. And it was that moonbeam. Like I was in the dark and I looked up and she just sort of pulled me out of that. And that's, that's the strength of having someone to support you because when you, life throws things like that at you, it's so easy to just get dragged into that and let that define where your life will go. And instead, I pivoted and we, we at, at, at a, such a low time, I added quitting my job on all of that. <laughs> and so like, it's not easy. It is, it's not easy to do these things. And it wasn't because we had the perfect life to be able to quit our jobs and, and go start something like this. But you can be at your lowest time in your life and and do something for you 
and and look at where we are a year and a half later. I would have never imagined that that we would be speaking with Shark Tank producers now and that we would be pitching our company and getting millions of dollars in investment and and launching a company that is is truly changing the world, but I think it was through that friendship and through her also just guiding me out of that space that I think it's so important to find your people, find your tribe, because that is what's going to define your life is the people that that are going to either support you or going to pull you down. And not everyone is meant to launch in this world with you. And so there's going to be people that hang on tight. And she was one of those people who we just held on and, and, and look at where we are now. So I think, you know, I hope that sort of answers the question, but it's, it's definitely been really, really exciting for me to see. And I get emotional thinking about it because if I could have looked at at, at myself back then, I, I just, the amount of strength that I had and the amount of courage that I had to do that wasn't an easy time in my life. And so I think it's when you do those things that, that change your life and you, you change the direction of your life that will, will change everything for you. So I, that, that's a little bit about, um, that story, but I think just, just do it. My gosh, change your life. It'll be worth it no matter what. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing such a personal story. I mean, I have a saying for that, be the victor, not the victim. And that can be hard for people. I mean, look, we're human. We have feelings. That is an ego killer, a confidence killer. Um, And then to turn around and say, I am going to do something so crazy, so outrageously exciting and different and just watch me to pull yourself up from that is amazing. And that's where, you know, it's about focusing on the positive and not the negative. You know, Tiffany was feeding into you life and positivity. Some people really struggle to hear that in times like that. um, But that's really when you need it the most. Um, so wow, thank you for sharing. I mean, I truly got goosebumps listening to that because I think most people have been in a scenario, maybe not the exact scenario, but a time where it was really, really difficult and you weren't feeling great about yourself. Uh, I think especially women have times like that in your life, um, no matter what the exact scenario is. And to hear people, you know, it's so easy with social media these days to think and see, oh, your hair is perfect. Your face is perfect. You're always wearing the perfect thing. Your life is so amazing. But to know and share and see somebody else that is rising so quickly, but had the same flaws and issues and difficulties as everybody else has, I think it's really important for us to share those kind of stories. So people see um, that we all have difficulties and we all have struggles. But you have to get up. You have to keep going. Uh, And look where you are now. So that's amazing. And I love that Tiffany, the moonbeam. I mean, I feel like you should get a big silver necklace that says moonbeam or something because I just love that. It's amazing. Um, So I have the surprise question that I like to ask, slightly different for everybody. But tell me something that, you know, in 20 years, let's pretend um, that all kind is rocket shipped. You guys are on the board of directors and you have a new CEO installed. And so you have free time to do whatever. 
Is there anything crazy or different besides this? Because I feel like you guys have already kind of done a big, you know, shocking thing. What is something that you would want to do, accomplish, whatever that would surprise the people nearest and dearest to you? Tiff, do you want to start? Besides this, because this is probably already a surprise. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Oh my gosh. Um, I love the question. This is very fun because as I said before, right now, our whole personality is basically all kind and creating all kind. And that's all we're thinking about. So taking a little moment and thinking like, wow, when that final, when that day comes, what are we going to do? <laughs> um, but I, I really, I guess a goal that I have for the, for that next phase of life would be being able to get out and spend more time traveling the world and meeting with just how do, can I immerse myself in different cultures and communities? Um, there hasn't been a lot of opportunity for that up until now. And so it's just a, a goal to see as much of the world as I can and, and meet all the different kinds of people around the world. But I'm going to have to think on this, right? Guys, if you know, I want to think a little bit more. What would surprise them, the people around me? I don't know, maybe taking the, uh, a commercial flight to Mars and spending some time up there would surprise them. But <laughs> in 20 years, maybe that'll be possible. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, um, I definitely see this phase of all kind. This is sort of our baby right now. And, and so it's hard to think about what life would be like without all kind and, and, or, or, you know, if, if that wasn't our main focus, but I think, um, something that I've always wanted from my own life is to be able to have children and to start a family. And I think that would be my, my next big goal is, is sort of once we've, we, we have all kind walking (laughs) and then, and so, you know, it's, it's in that next phase, I think it would be really great to be able to, to start a family for myself, but, um, ultimately, you know, definitely a lot of work before then. And, and so I'm, I'm excited for this chapter with all kind, but I would love to have a family and, and, you know, have some kids of my own. Okay. So guys, this has been amazing. I I think this journey is so interesting to people and so different. It's really, I think people are going to find so much value in this. So tell us about what is next for all kind. You know, you guys have a launch coming up. So what does that look like? What can you share? What should we expect? How can people find you? I will say we are very excited about our upcoming launch. You can find us at joinallkind or joinallkind.com. The next phase for All Kind is creating a space within the fertility industry to really begin to make these meaningful connections between parents that are looking for donors and surrogates and then and then a space safe for donors and surrogates to be able to take on such an incredible journey and we're so thankful to be just a, a small part of making this connection and and building the next generation of life here but our hope is that you know through these connections that we can really make a meaningful impact within this space awesome and so do you guys have any kind of timeline that you can share? I know it may not be specific to a certain date, but a month or anything else when you think it will be going live? Labor of Love, we, we've been working on creating this platform and we do feel that we'll be ready to go. We're in 
test flight right now. So just wanting to work out all the bugs. Um, it is, you know, nerve wracking right now to make sure that we can really do everything in our power to make the experience as seamless as possible for people. This is such a important time of their lives and what they're doing that we want the experience on our platform to feel comfortable, to feel that it makes, it guides them through the different steps of the journey and really makes it an enjoyable experience overall. So we hope to have it ready to go and available in the app stores um, in this upcoming month. So just bear with us as we kind of do the final little tweaks. We just want it to be a wonderful experience when people are on the platform, but we're thrilled to be able to to put this out, to create a, a safe space, to bring people together, to cultivate such meaningful connections that really is going to empower modern family building and and hopefully empower everyone on their journeys as we come together to create this next generation of life. Wow, that is so powerful and such a great mission for you guys to personally be on and for the company that you're building to be on. We have enjoyed this so much. Thank you guys. I know, look, these ladies are building a big thing here. It is gonna be a rocket ship. They have so many things to do, so many people to talk to and work on their you know, dest to accomplish. And they came and shared an hour of the time with us. So I just really want to thank you guys so much because it's important for women to hear all the different kind of stories and opportunities that are out there. Don't limit yourself. Don't hold yourself back. You know you're made for more because you are. And I think hearing from other ladies that are doing something that may be resonating is so, so, so important. So thank you guys. That's it for today's episode of Get Clear with Crystal Ware. We appreciate you guys listening in. Don't forget to subscribe. Check out the website if you want to get in on the newsletter. We will have information in the show notes for Tiffany and Rika's Instagram, their LinkedIn's, the website when it's ready to launch. So you can check that out in the show notes and come back and join us for the next episode. Get Clear And as always, remember, you are made for more. Start living like it today. Thanks for listening in. If you loved what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with your friends. Tag us on social media so we can give you a big shout out. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want more, head on over to the website where you can learn all about what we do to serve and support our entire community. Until next time, keep dreaming big and getting clear. You are made for more. So start living like it today.